0: Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech.
0: You are tuned to the nighttime podcast focused on the fringe of Canada. Hello listeners, in tonight's episode we're going to dig into one of the stranger and oftentimes darker online subcultures that exist. If you're a regular listener of Nighttime, you're likely already familiar with the concept of an incel. They are the online community made up predominantly of men who define their identity by the fact that they are involuntarily celibate. But as many Nighttime listeners also know, The incel subculture doesn't just collect on the internet and wallow in misogyny, self-pity, and entitlement. Some members of the incel community have seen their inability to get laid as justification for horrific acts of mass murder. It's twisted, dark, and a very troubling part of the internet. But I think it's also fascinating and well worth exploring here on Nighttime. To help guide us along the way, I've invited a colleague from the world of podcasting to join us here. Nama Cates is the host of Incel, a podcast focused specifically on this subculture. So let's get into it. Tonight, in this episode of Nighttime, Nama Cates will give us a guided tour through the world of incels. Tomorrow is the day of retribution. The day in which I will have my revenge against humanity. Girls gave their affection and sex and love to other men, but never to me. Instead of me, the supreme gentleman. In terms of your feelings towards women in general, how would you describe that? I would say that sometimes I am a bit upset that they choose to uh, date Uh, obnoxious men instead of uh, uh, gentlemen. Uh, A man allegedly went into a erotic massage parlor in Toronto. He uh, allegedly attacked a young woman with a machete uh, and killed her and then attacked a second woman. Uh, The police are alleging that this attack was related to incel ideology. I'm a Cates, tell me a bit about, about you and, and about your show.
1: Uh, basically, um, I have a show called Incel. It's, a, it's a podcast. Um, it started more than two years ago now. And I started working on it and thoughts about it maybe three years ago at this point. Um, my background is like yours, as we kind of discovered, we mutually share a performance arts background, um. Mine being in yours too, film and music. Um, so that's what I was doing before, um, but not just performing. I was also, you know, producing and editing and directing and kind of doing all those kinds of things. Just a, I refer to it now as a media background, but I have to write these bios.
0: That's a much simpler way to put it. I had no idea you were into all that stuff. When I was um, putting this together, I was finding a link to like your website and I searched your name to find your website. And then I was like, oh, weird. There must be like multiple people with the name Nama Kate." Definitely not. And I was like, no, I was like, no, nope. <laughs> she's very busy.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I don't do those things concurrently, though. Um, I pretty much only do this and, and things related to it, um, whether it's writing about, talking about, you know, giving presentations on the topic in cell. But yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly, you know, coming from the background that I have, um, I think a foray into podcasting might be expected. Uh, It's something that's gotten popular. I was coming to really love the medium just as a medium, as a listener. Uh, I like storytelling through audio and having to work within those constraints. Um, And some of the podcasts that I liked the most were true crime oriented um, or kind of psychology, you know. Obviously, like everyone else, I was into *Serial* and into *To Crawl Space* and Tim and Lance's shows. Um, mm-hmm. So around the time that I was getting really into those as a listener, the term *incel* just kind of made its way onto my radar, and I just found it fascinating. And I had some happenstance encounters with uh, with one individual specifically that turned out to be an incel, and I talked to him and I found our conversations interesting and asked if I could record them at one point. Um, And I think I was probably already brewing the idea of making a podcast. But when I started listening to them back, I thought they were really interesting. And, you know, I looked up the topic and it's not a lot about this. Uh, So I decided to get into it, make a podcast about it. Um, and now that's what I do. And it's a very kind of loaded topic that seems to be increasing attention and scrutiny yeah. in all kinds of uh, communities, including like the counterterrorism communities in all of our countries.
0: Yeah, exactly. Certainly in Canada, I think are in Canada, one of the first times um, someone like an incel motivated attack was um Mar-a-pine. yeah it was charged with like it was like terrorist related crime oh I the first time
1: the that it, in the mind. terrorism designation that's for the minor that, that shot the massage parlor that stabbed the woman at the massage parlor
0: i believe so yeah yeah um well before we get into the the topic of incels i guess let's start with with kind of a foundational statement uh i would i would like we know that we know the term incel. We know that it stands for or it's an abbreviated version of in someone who's involuntarily celibate. Mm-hmm. You uh, spend a lot more time thinking about the topic than I do. How would you like to a layman if someone's like, Nama, what's this incel stuff you're always talking about? How would you describe an, an incel and in this whole movement or ideology?
1: You know, people can probably put together that we're not talking about people who might be involuntarily celibate. But don't define themselves that way, don't even know of the term, don't know anything about the community. Um, That's not what we're talking about, even though there are those people, you know, obviously. Um, But so we're talking about, you know, this self identification. And I would refer to it as a community because it is a group of people that have this thing in common um, and they meet basically and talk to each other uh, online. And it is a community of, Um, youngish men who can't get laid, basically, or can't can't have relationships, romantic relationships, um, and define themselves based on that. You know, they, they have an identity around that, and that might not be one that they share in real life, but it's their sort of primary identity online. And they share ideas and experiences and war stories and kind of philosophies, and they come up with a very unique language that's one of the, you know, things that really ties them together. They're this identity. Um, And in some of these ideas, you'll find some pretty, you know, uh, misogynistic, um, depressing kind of language and um, themes. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's how I describe it.
0: Yeah. And from what I read, like, I, I, they also seem to hate men, like, is it not like chads and Stacey? Yes. So it's almost like it often seems like at least to me as an outsider, when I think of an incel, I'm thinking about the most extreme, like Elliot Rodgers mm-hmm. or Alec Manassian. And I'm seeing them being like, you know, the women are evil for not wanting to be with me. And all the other men that are with women are also rotten and nobody understands it. Like that's kind of the, the way I see them, how they view the world almost.
1: Yeah, they're, they're misanthropic and they're anti-social, uh, or at least they present that way online. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hate they hate society, really. Uh, I would say that you probably would find more um, negative about women because that's where, you know, the energy is channeled. And that's also mm-hmm. the, the sour grapes thing of like, well, this is the thing I'm obsessed with and I, and I want the most. So if it doesn't want me, I'm going to speak badly about it. Kind of a childish but not abnormal response to um, to to unrequited anything uh but yeah th- i would say that that's something that i think is not really taken into consideration i i was very dismissed when i first started saying well these people are just misanthropes that they hate everything and everyone and they're depressed um
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know people yeah say and it.
0: You know, a lot of people who know the term incel and can maybe name one or two crimes that have been traced back to someone who self identifies as an incel. Um, well, people think of it as like a like an extremist violent kind of community. Is this are these people who make headlines for like, you know, r- driving a van down the sidewalk in Toronto? Are they the like the standout extremists, or is it overall kind of a like a, a dark, we need to take action kind of movement or community?
1: Well, the, you just touched on why I object to calling it a movement. I think the Merriam-Webster definition for movement is something about a group of people bound together by a common goal. So incels do not have a goal, and, and they don't have calls to action of any kind or anything really... Prescriptive in the way they speak. There is no organization either. There's no organizing, let's do this and get this. And that's, I think, the biggest difference between that group and any other group that people kind of put into this violent extremism or just extremist bubble, um, which would include things like, you know, white supremacists. uh jihadist um left left left-wing kind of eco-terrorists you could you know include antifa in there these are all groups that say like we're we're working toward this right better thing and there is this honor in doing that and pride in being a part of it and incels have none of that so that's why i don't think it's accurate to call it um a movement at all and uh to say that, you know, the, the cases that you just named and, and if I can name all of them if we go through them one by one, um, a lot of these people didn't even identify as insult. There's all kinds of things. Um, Manassian, you know, your judge, Justice and Molloy, had a very interesting ruling, which we can get into when we get to that uh, crime. But um, the connection even between the group or the ideology, their ideology the, the black pill and anything to do with violence is very weak, um, just mm-hmm. across the board. It, it is, there's kind of like a panic about it. Um, and it's just, you know, the majority of them are just kind of, you know, nerds, honestly. They're,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, a lot, of, a lot of them are very smart, maybe sort of too smart for their own good. They don't have a ton of social experience. They don't have a ton of life experience in general. A lot of them are really shy. You know, they're awkward. There's all kinds of um, stuff that comes up with them.
0: Hmm. Um, it, what surprised me when I was reading about incels is it, it started initially like that. Well, at least the term incel started years ago by a woman. Mm-hmm. And it was a um, it wasn't a, like necessarily a negative thing. It was more like almost like a uh, support group. Yeah. The kind of plan it the
1: Uh, Well, yeah, it was. That was uh, Alana Boltwood, a Canadian woman who I think is now a computer programmer. This was in the early 90s, I think. Um, And that was the first usage of that that phrase, that term. She was doing a school project about loneliness, and she called it the Involuntary Celibacy Project. Um, And I think she might have uh, abandoned the initial project. It was like a website. Um, so it sort of got co-opted years later um, by a very different group of people. but there were steps along the way. And I would say that um, you know her project wasn't negative insofar as loneliness isn't negative, and we can say that it kind of is. And you can say that uh, in cells too, um, even though most of what they say is kind of negative and emotionally negative, it's still, mostly struggling with the same idea. And I think that the community serves as a support group for some of its members. I don't know if it's a great support group, you know, but I do think that's a big part of its function. And I think that's often mm-hmm. misunderstood.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of like misunderstood and maybe you viewing incels and in this community in a, in a unique light, I, I've seen your show in the uh, your, your podcast criticized for being or at least appearing to be like sympathetic, like, how do you approach the topic, especially like when you're speaking to people who identify as incels? Like, why do why would you get the criticism as being like, you know, how could you be sympathetic of these people?
1: Well, I mean, I think that there are a lot of people who have their minds made up about a topic and Mm -hmm. don't really listen to my show that are saying that. And for the people that are, I think that they are of the belief that um, if you I mean, if you actually listen to my show episode by episode, I there are there are things that guests say that I might not agree with and I don't push back on but I'm certainly not platforming misogyny or saying, yeah, this is right. And when you really Mm -hmm. listen to it, most of the guests on my show aren't saying anything really hateful about women at all. I think I might've had a few episodes out of 60 or so where people have spoken that way. And Mm -hmm. in that I do push back, but gently, but you know, first of all, I think a lot of these people have, um, you know, mental health issues. Uh, they are taking a risk and a chance by giving me their their time and their candor, and I don't think that I should be wagging my finger at them or asking them to answer for you know something that someone else did five years ago when they have mm-hmm. nothing to do with yeah. that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and now, aside from having these people on your show and exploring the topic you know, um, publicly the way you do, I'm assuming like to get access to these people and to learn kind of the way of the incel, you're probably like in some pretty dark corners on the internet. Where where do these like the the incel community who are discussing and sharing their grief? Where does this happen? Like, is this like, I don't imagine you're on Facebook joining a group called incels?
1: No, mm -mm, you Mm -hmm. certainly aren't or anywhere on Reddit. And that was not the case when I started this. That was not the case as recently as a couple years ago or even one year ago, it's just progressively um, Reddit has been just systematically banning all of their communities for one reason or another. Um, but when I started, there were a lot of them on, on Reddit. And in fact, the the one place that I'd say is the biggest incel community right now is this site called incels.co or incels.is. The, the suffix changes a lot because they'll get their domain pulled for some reason or another. Um, and that was actually made, um, I think, the day after the main uh, subreddit, our incels, was banned in 2017. Um, so... Mm-hmm. That's kind of an offshoot of that Reddit community, and that's definitely the biggest one. Um, yeah,
0: with it, with a lot of communities that get, I think the word would be deplatformed, like yeah. they get kicked off Facebook, kicked off Twitter, kicked okay. off Reddit. They, you would have been covering incels as that was happening to them. Did you notice it get darker or more intense as they found their way to their own little? corner of their own vacuum on the internet
1: yes i i did um but i would describe it more this way um because i was familiar with that community from the beginning on uh, incels.co we'll just call it i've noticed the change in that community so Hmm. basically I think one of the issues with, with incel communities is they often don't allow non incels or outside voices. And I understand that just like feminist spaces might not allow men or whatever. I think it's, it's fine. But I do think that when you have a complete lack of, you know, external voices, then an echo chamber just becomes all the more echoey and
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, More negative stuff, it kind of gets regurgitated more and more. There's more gatekeeping. And there's another phenomenon too with deplatforming, which is why I'm not really a strong proponent of it at all, because um, it sort of cosmetically solves the problem for whatever platform is getting rid of this group. And Mm -hmm. maybe when you're talking about total numbers, because there is no subreddit anymore, you are going to reduce the total amount of people who are exposed to this material that supposedly radicalizes them um, but you're the more interested and more committed ones will find their way to wherever they're wanting to look and so that base then that group becomes, Kind of more extreme it also feeds into like this persecution narrative that exists in a lot of these groups
0: um so i Mm -hmm. think it's changed the nature of the community and a lot of people i (laughs) disagree yeah it's i i see how it happens though because if if you're like a social media company you may not want you know a controversial community like using your platform but the end result is you push these people into a, a, a spot where there's little regulation or moderation mm-hmm. and they're, and they're just free to, you know, um, just run. It's, it's, almost yeah, yeah. It's, it's problematic.
1: Yeah. There's no, uh, you know, you don't hear any outside voices or opinions and for people that are really concerned about the threat posed by incels that, that think they're going to commit violent crimes, then, you're also you know you also can't monitor uh these groups as well you know from a law enforcement perspective on reddit Mm. it's pretty easy to you know attach some kind of account name to an actual person if you're law enforcement not so much on a private you know dot is site
0: Now, before we get into some of the more notable stories that are adjacent to incel in some way, I just, I have to ask is as like, as a a woman who is infiltrating or at least rubbing elbows in a community that's mainly seen to be um, made up of misogynistic men, like how is, like, that must have been difficult. Like, what is that like? You know,
1: it wasn't, that difficult Uh, people are very different one-on-one than they are in groups there's Mm -hmm. i haven't put myself in a position where i am interfacing with a group you know i don't Mm -hmm. have an account on their sites for instance i didn't infiltrate you know it's been pitched that way sometimes like to tease the show or whatever to make it sound more exciting but uh I didn't actually do that. I've seen um, writers and, you know, people that are trying to do this now talk about how they infiltrated the community for 18 months or something. And it's ridiculous because, first of all, it is on the open web, this content, you know. And so you're not really going to learn that much more by assuming an identity rather than just by lurking and reading. Um, I find I learn a lot more by just being transparent and not infiltrating anything. Um, But yeah you know i i don't i i feel like if i did have an account or something like that um if i was doing something different than a podcast maybe youtube maybe this is another reason i don't really do that um is i feel like just the trolls and the haters i'm sure i could take it by now i've gotten plenty of it (laughs) but you know in as a group with the group think and all of that um i think that it it would be a little bit more difficult. I'm talking to individuals one on one, most of whom I would say one of the main features is feeling um, like they're not recognized in a way for their mm-hmm. intelligence or something like, you know, they're not no- noted or they're unseen. And so they want their stories to be told. And I give them an opportunity to do that. And after a little bit of time, they realize that I wasn't trying to misrepresent them in any way, and actually nice. doing the unthinkable and just letting them talk.
0: Uh uh-huh. Yeah, speaking of that, what what has the reaction from that community been of your podcast, because it seems like very few people are off are, are telling the story of the community as a whole, it's more so covering the individuals, like how, how have the incel community reacted to you doing what you do?
1: Um, I'm sure it's been very mixed. Um, I do think that the more time that goes by and the more they see that I'm sticking to this line and not turning all of a sudden, um, maybe that helps a little But th- There is distrust and there is paranoia all the time. It's a group that kind of has a lot of that to begin with. Um, and then also they even have like rules on their forums that, you'd be banned for, I think it's called foid worship or simping or something. So even saying something too positive about like any kind of female is not really allowed. So, you know, I'm not expecting to get like a lot of overt uh, incel praise in their spaces. And I don't look for that. And I don't look at that. I know that there's probably been a lot of negative stuff on there and I just avoid it. There's just no, no point. But... I don't, I haven't had to look for a guest for a really long time. A lot of them are reaching out to me all the time. So, you know, I know that um, in that respect, individually, they will let me know that they appreciate it.
0: Well, let's move on to some of the more notable stories. So let's let's start with this. Is I I get that incels and the 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 community has been around as we said for years since the, with the Canadian woman starting it. But when what was the first event that put that on the map of like you know a mainstream issue? Was it Elliot Rogers in the United States? Yeah. Or?
1: Um. Mm-hmm. I, and I still I still wouldn't say it's a uh, mainstream. There's still Lots of people don't know anything about it, but like in, into the mainstream mm-hmm. media, yeah, that was uh, Elliot Roger, and really the Alana Bolt with the initial kind of coinage of the term doesn't have that much to do with the community we're talking about today. They just kind of took the the term, um, but that community had been existing in some form or other since like 2010 thereabouts, um, mm-hmm. different websites, um, and Elliot Roger actually never even used the term incel in his you know 150 page manifesto or or any of his content um he didn't call himself that he did spend a little bit of time in one of the proto incel kind of websites and didn't like it so that was actually media very much that made that connection and -hmm. told that narrative Yeah.
0: Well, I think uh, in Elliot Rogers case, we can talk a bit about the details of what he did. But one of the things was he made a lot of like um, almost like a video diary where he'd be sitting in his sports car Mm. just with his camera in like selfie mode, just talking to the camera. And uh, when you think of an incel and the issues they have with society, specifically with women, that Elliot Rogers was just obsessed with that. So he would yeah. just be ranting about like, I'm a good person. Women don't like me. They won't be in a relationship with me. They're with these useless guys. Yeah. Um, but, but he never like came out and said, I am an incel.
1: No, he, he didn't. Um, he also didn't really talk much about other men going through this. I mean, this was someone who was just insanely self-absorbed. And in his manifesto, which is like a diary, um, basically, of every, you know, slight he's ever, every narcissistic injury he'd ever uh, received um, in my dark, twisted world, the the women or girls in it are very much like an afterthought. You know, it's not like he's pining or obsessing over anyone in particular. It's just kind of the fact, it's like a commodity, a, a status symbol. For him mm-hmm. and he's much more interested in comparing himself with other men and his male friendships um but the women represent something to him that they should be interested in him uh and so i think that was kind of like his his measure of self-worth and the fact that they wouldn't be was just unacceptable to him
0: mm-hmm. and he he was in Elliot Roger, roughly what was the date that he did his the shootings? It was
1: um, May 20 something uh, 2014.
0: Yeah, so maybe t- tell us then for people who don't know his story, maybe tell us a little bit about what he actually did. And if there was any like aside from his issue with the world was there anything that set him off? Like what what actually went down with Elliot Rogers?
1: So the story with Elliot Roger is that this was, um, you know, a pretty privileged kid who grew up in Hollywood and, um, came from a very wealthy family, you know, was extremely narcissistic, um, Mm -hmm. and on the autism spectrum and had a lot of difficulties being popular and making friends. He was very socially awkward and very spoiled by his parents and also neglected, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. and, he was attending college, um, initially, I think he went to UCSB in Santa Barbara, but then he sort of dropped out of that and was at this community college nearby. And I think he might've even dropped out of that by the time, uh, the, uh, attack took place and he was 22 years old. He, um, had, uh, he'd had you know, a license to a firearm, and even though he'd had many mental health interventions too, which is another story. Um, so he he had weapons. He he decided that he was going to uh, commit this attack on the day of retribution, as he called it, um, mm-hmm. when you know he, the supreme gentleman, would get retribution on all these people, namely these girls, college girls from a popular sorority, the ones that he felt should like him you know the attractive popular ones that he was going to kill them and also the popular guys they were with he ended up um stabbing his roommate um in his apartment when he left and taking you know his uh, gun and ammunition with him uh driving down to a popular like college bar street and just kind of shooting uh indiscriminately at, at people in the street before killing from himself. his
0: car window, right? Like out mm-hmm. of his car window. Yeah. Um in, yeah. And then he ended his own life like mm-hmm. that same, same night. And it's what's when you watch a video, like what I know about him mainly was like, I've never read the manifesto or whatever, but I've, I've watched several of his videos and what strikes me is he's really intelligent. Like he's well-spoken. And articulate he's driving a super expensive like sports car like you can tell he had a lot of advantage in the world but yeah. like he was just fixated on this thought that he deserves the affection of attractive women and he isn't getting it and as you said, and in, in, uh, when you were describing it there, he, he referred to it as like the day of retribution. Mm-hmm. Like he felt like I'm justified in getting back at them and they deserve this. Yes. But it's, it's like, it's, it's wild and weird, but it did, he did kind of take on like a bit of a role of like a, almost like a martyr for this cause. Yeah. It seems at least to some of the more extreme people after.
1: Yeah. I mean, so that's kind of a complicated issue too, just because this is a community known for its shitposting, posting, um, edge lording, shitposting, posting, you know, post ironic humor, uh, that it kind of came around when this community did a little bit after with, with 4chan and with that kind of edgy, uh, subversive humor that's used. I mean, I personally quite quickly uh, found myself, getting it frankly mm-hmm. uh getting what was funny about it and it would make me laugh i you know uh, when i started the podcast account um i started following people because this is you know how i started doing this with networking and finding people i just started following people that other people followed that looked like they might be um incel accounts and stuff and uh <laughs> one of them Screenshotted it and wrote, like, oh my God, and just showed the screenshot of like, insult project followed me. And then they wrote something like, uh, hello, insult reporter. I am the second coming of Elliot Roger, also Genghis Khan, like, blah, blah, blah. And it was a joke and they were trolling mm. me and I found it funny. Mm. Um, you mm. know, so there's a lot of that. There's a lot, a lot, a so, lot of that. And then, yeah. Um, and then there are people that, you know, might say that they get it, um, that they, one uh, early guest I had on my show, Frothy Solutions, explained, you know, that nobody's advocating for this and people don't uh, want to do it themselves or anything, but they, they feel like they could relate to the person's, uh, Elliot, Roger, or whoever it is, to their, their life otherwise before this killing.
0: Um, but at least in as, as a Canadian, like what I know most about incels is Alec Manassian's mm-hmm. attack in Toronto, and he certainly looked at Elliot Rogers as someone who you know paved the way for yes, at least what well, happened in Toronto.
1: Yes, he he sure did, and so did every any incel attack incel attack, whether that's you know justified or not. That that language is some kind of a copycat of Elliot Rodger. And that's the Mm truth, they they are. Um, And so, yes, it's definitely become something, you could call it like the the charismatic preacher of a movement or something with those videos where he's talking with that ridiculous affect like Oscar Wilde or something. You know, (laughs) that casts a very compelling figure, I suppose, as does that manifesto. and the fact that it got around so much is it is the fault of the media, but that would. So are, are we ready to talk about Alec Manassian? Because. Um,
0: Let's get there. Okay. <laughs> I, um, before we do though, as far as like the the main kind of things that happen would, would oh. Manassian kind of be next on. Well, like I don't expect you to go through everyone, but I'm just thinking like we touch on the major. That
1: was. That was a really big one. The, that was the other really big one, I would say, yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And you know, the, the Chris Harper Mercer is the one that, that happened a, a year later. So that was 2015, Elliot Roger was 2014, Manassian was in 2018. Um, you did ask something that I, I just wanna touch on briefly cause I didn't, which is like, what happened before this? And that's a good question because um, what happened with Elliot Roger and what I have seen case after case after case of these is this downward spiral so you know um, someone might have a lot of f- thoughts like this or fixation with themselves or <coughs> hating society or you know becoming notorious or whatever from a young age and other problems kind of comorbid health diagnosis a lot of them that <coughs> <coughs> sorry I'm careful not to say because I don't want to stigmatize too much, but there are some, you know, certain conditions that are definitely prevalent in the group and in the killers, especially. Um, mm-hmm. And usually also there is some kind of major life like setback or failure. So the dropping out of school, being fired from a job, these kinds of things happen Person starts to plan, you know, and they start to grow more and more desperate and more and more depressed. And that happened with uh, Elliot Roger. He had dropped out of school by that point and was just kind of doing doing that all the time. Um, mm. And that that happened with Manassian too in a, a different way. And then another common thing too is um, like a short attempt at um, military service.
0: Hmm. <coughs> which uh, is- i didn't know ellie LA- yeah i knew um, alec manassi no he didn't okay so um manassi and yeah. I- i've covered his no
1: but his story the
0: other one oh sorry um we just had like we got i think you call it getting skyped you're just like cut out for a sec but it's all good we're good now i think you hear me all right yeah mm-hmm. all right cool so with um when with, with when Manassian did what he did in Toronto, that was huge news across Canada, like a major city that everybody in Canada knows Toronto, of course. Was it, was it as big of a story in the United States where you were?
1: That was a huge story everywhere. I think,
0: yeah. I mean,
1: you know, by that point I was also already doing this kind of art. So, oh, yeah. you know, my, uh, it was, in it, insanely huge story for me um but I think it was a really big story
0: everywhere Mm -hmm. um yeah and I was forgetting that you were covering the topic at that time so that must have been you would have been right in that world already so that must have been very shocking
1: well I wasn't covering it the podcast hadn't started but I was already researching it so yeah it, it was uh you know like I think I started researching it Really in earnest um, just a little bit before that, and so a few months later, I was like, okay I, I have to do this um but his the the trial and you know the release of the interrogation footage all of that happened while I was doing the show, so I had a lot of emergency episodes while that was going
0: on. I bet, yeah, so on where Elliot rogers um his attack involved driving around shooting people, people who listen to my show will know Manassin's story where he rented a van and used that as, as a weapon, which for one, the connection to the, the incel community makes that notable and interesting, but even just the nature of that style of attack and the horror that that would unleash on a, on a city is just so, so shocking. Like I'm, I'm thinking no matter what world you're in, that would be a big, you yeah. know, shocking story, so. but how was it, how was it perceived in, you know, the insult community for a member, a self-identified member of that community to take that extreme of a step?
1: Well, they were skeptical of it and they were right to be to a degree. Mm. Um, they were skeptical because there was very little, Evidence that he was involved with the community, Um, you know, there was one Facebook post that was supposedly from him and not much else had been, you know, um, established at all to kind of make that connection and but, you know, there's a series of reactions you can expect from a community like this. Anytime something happens, some people go right for the, the shock thing and start saying Saint, you know, AM, da, 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 and most of them are just doing that to put off reporters. Um, and then a lot of them, you know, will say how bad this is for the community. Uh, they'll start saying, you know, writing on their forums like, hey, Glowy, which means like FBI, like, am I on a list yet? They start, you know, talking about how the site will probably be banned. And a lot of them speculate about how this person wasn't actually an incel and, uh, and it, you know, it's, it's a false flag. Um, so mm. there were all of those things, uh, but it did lead to some bans and some more migrations, you know, and, and since then, a lot more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at the time, like when Elliot Rogers did what he did, it was the first time yeah. and it was... Um, this kind of like um, uh, it, it just like this case that came out of nowhere but then with Manassian people would already be able to connect it to Rogers and Alec Manassian even mentioned Rogers in his the tweet he did right before he did the attack Yes. but with Alec Manassian's story when he was interrogated and whatnot it seemed like he was making a lot of his connections to the incel community up. he
1: was making it up um, and, and as soon as that uh footage and the audio and transcripts were released um i went on the show and said that uh because it was just you know it didn't make any sense that he would have been in contact with elliot roger so he he cited uh elliot roger and this chris harper mercer that i mentioned who mm. did, you know committed the the shooting at a college the next year and said that he'd been in contact with them both. Now, you know, both of them killed themselves when they committed their attacks. So we're already going back four or three years, respectively. It's already unlikely, you know, they were not. One thing that I've noticed through doing my work is that uh, attackers, however connected they may be to the community are not, are not usually active posters at all. They don't have like a Hmm. persona in the group. People that have a persona are usually pretty happy to have their persona. Um, So, you know, I didn't think Elliot Roger, or Chris Harper Mercer would be randomly communicating with some guy on the internet at that point, and if the timeline didn't end up, he was saying some of the wrong platforms. When he told his story to the detective, Robert Thomas, he also told a story that sounded remarkably like one from Elliot Rogers manifesto. And I noticed Mm. that too, it was like a Halloween party and this thing happened with a girl. It was just, no, you know, didn't seem, didn't seem real. Um, But I wasn't sure at that time, whether he was making it up or maybe he had kind of, mm, I don't know, was not making up, but exaggerating a little bit for the the clout. I knew he was at least certainly doing that. Um, Or whether he even was in such a a sort of psychotic state that he might have believed this um, because he was obviously not very in touch with reality to do what he did. Um, Hmm. One of the things that was really interesting with that case is it's you know one of the very few of any of not even just incels but you know kind of terrorism cases or school shooters where the person survives
0: um mm-hmm. so he, he tried he tried not yes, to though. manassian uh after his van the van the rental van that he was driving down the sidewalk killing people with got like i think it got someone put coffee on the windshield mm-hmm. and he just like stopped driving it yeah. um he there's this kind of famous scene which is uh, one of the very it's one of the very few viral videos that shows a police officer doing something good yeah doing something good yeah manassian is like pulling out his wallet over and over as if it's a gun Mm -hmm. trying to get the cop to shoot him and the cops not having any of it yep um and they take him in
1: and they do and that was beautiful i mean that was really good police work uh all of it was with the way that that case was handled um Mm -hmm. but you know I, i wasn't really sure what to believe and i'm always kind of careful to like make any um assertions even if i'm you know fully saying this is not fact it's just what i what i think i'm kind of careful to do that um but as the trial kind of began and then unfolded more and more was coming out that just, you know, fit what I see in so many of the cases, which is that this person had a fascination with mass killers from a very young age, not in cells, mass killers, you know, someone who by 10, 11, 12 is already idolizing uh, the Adam Lanza's and Dylan Klebold's and things as he did. Um is not, necess- I don't think it, it's required that they be radicalized by some online ideology for them to mm. want to become violent. Um, nor do I think that they're doing that to, to further some cause as he claimed he was. Um, and it was clear that the story wasn't true, the story about the girl. It also seemed like he, you know, he'd done some military service and then had like as, as he, he did, you know, um, limited sort of successes with, with school, but he completed, completed the program and, you know, was meant to be starting work. Um, but it it didn't seem that he was like, it didn't seem like he had become uh, involved with this in, in any way, um, as, as early as he claimed. And, you know, we already knew that that was likely to be untrue. It's not possible for any of us to know exactly what's in his head. I mean, obviously they tried to go with a defense, basically, you know, an autism spectrum disorder defense, which is Mm -hmm. wild. Um, Mm -hmm. Being on the autism spectrum does not make you uh, mentally ill in any way. Um, Mm -hmm. It does. I think there, there is a, a correlation with, being predisposed to kind of like changing beliefs and and black and white thinking and a a lot of these things that make it um, just make the experience of someone on the spectrum with online content and sort of extreme content one to look out for. Also with, with difficulty with social cues and all those things. And this is unrelated, but the proportion of that condition in the in cell community is is huge, it's staggering. Like 20% have a formal diagnosis of their community. And then another 20% think that they might be on the spectrum too, but aren't diagnosed. Yeah, compared to like 2% of the regular population.
0: Terrorism generally would imply like a, you know, a political ideological thing. But it seems like most of these incel attacks, it's not like they're out to, you know, um, further the cause. It more seems to be just like an explosion of angst and anger. Yes,
1: 100 percent. That is what it is. It's personal. It's not, um, you know, terrorism is is violence in the name of furthering a political cause, like you said. And some people can stretch Hmm. that definition to be uh something not exactly political but like um religious some kind of ideological cause at least Mm -hmm. and this isn't that you know the 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 whole uh you know manassian said something about the beta uprising um or the incel rebellion and he was just parroting from elliot roger and chris harper mercer in a really exaggerated way but that is not a real cause you know Mm -hmm. Uh, not for anyone who's you know, even slightly attached to reality is killing, even let's say they got 50 people, women, or whatever, going to revolutionize the way that society is and give incels their pick of women. You know, that's not, the, 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 nobody's really under that illusion, except someone who's under a whole lot of delusion and that must happen mm-hmm. occasionally. But um, it seemed unlikely in this case, frankly. Um, and ultimately, the, the judge um, made a ruling that I think was, was very wise. And, you know, it's, it's online somewhere, just what, what she said, um, because there was a lot of talk about whether this was terrorism and whether being an incel had to do with it. And she ultimately, after reviewing all the evidence, said, you know, um, two things that were notable. One was like, this is a, this is a, uh, a a killer. This man is a murderer who, who has autism, not an autistic killer. And, um, I'm not even going to consider the insult angle in my decision because I believe this young man wants notoriety and is using that to get more of it. And I think that was very wise. And, very, um, you know, good ruling. Uh, to date, mm-hmm. the only I know that the terrorism designation didn't happen because, to date, the only first and only person who's been charged with terrorism for anything other than you know Islamist extremism in Canada is this minor that committed the uh, Sudbury massage parlor stabbing
0: yeah and, and when did that happen in ca- uh, in relation to manassium was it like a year later
1: a year or two yeah it was like a year and a half hmm. later i think in the winter of 2020
0: in that one that case like, is one where like in canada it was covered what what had happened but very little because it's a minor i think over. and
1: i i think yeah i think it's partially because it's, it's a minor so they can't release um Any details about him? Uh, Mm -hmm. The suspect that that did it. And he's also still alive. So there is a trial pending. So I think it's mostly for legal reasons.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. But in in short, like what we know is that he had a connection with the incel community and he went to like a massage parlor?
1: Yes, but we don't know what that connection is at at all. We don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. I mean, at this point, I'm skeptical of uh, you know i do believe that police to have gone as far as given this a terrorism designation um there has got to be something there but uh but i don't know what that is because um you know in the uk that there was just a shooting the first mass shooting in over 10 years in the uk in august um with this plymouth Uh, shooter Jake Davison that I've written a lot about and talked a lot about and um, those stories started coming out out of the media like immediately that this is like an incel killer and when I looked into it you know this was someone that obviously knew what incels were and related to them but didn't even define himself as one he was also on like anti-incel communities Um, but yet they were saying this killing was motivated by incel ideology, even though the police right away said, you know, we don't think this has anything to do with terrorism. This seems like a domestic incident. Um, and that's what they ultimately ruled despite the public pressure to look at it as an incel killing. Uh, Hmm. so, you know, we don't know what that connection was.
0: Interesting. Well, do you know, with the, the, child or the minor or whatever in ontario in toronto do you know when that case will be heard like do you know what the dates are or like when we're expecting to learn more about what happened with that staffing
1: i don't know um
0: okay. so i guess even if there was a date that it'd all be thrown up in the air because it could yeah. anyway everything's different now
1: and also these cases take uh, you know i mean manassians just happened uh not even a year ago. And that was from 2018 when it's this big of a case, the lawyers push for a Mm -hmm. lot of continuances and it gets delayed
0: and delayed. (laughs) Uh, And the more serious, the charges, the more complicated it's going to be. So if they're throwing terrorism in there, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah. Um, So it'll, it'll be a ways away. So are there any other like um, major incel kind of moments or crimes or, topics that we, that we didn't get into that I, that I don't know about?
1: Um, well, mm, I guess, you know, the Plymouth thing was pretty big, uh, that, that mm. just happened that sort of put it back on the map for everyone. Again, um, a lot of pressure, you know, to label incels, a terrorist group. Um, mm. it, I guess that that's kind of one of the, the features between, I, I would say that that Manassi and, and, and Elliot Roger so far are the biggest cases. Um, interestingly, I think a case that I just covered for the show um, that certainly happened way before there was a term like insult, but definitely would have been called one today, was also in Canada, uh, in Montreal. It was the Montreal massacre. Mm. Um so I just had someone on the show whose cousin was was killed in that attack.
0: Oh yeah! Really? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're we're talking about a uh, lecole Polytechnic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and that involved someone who went uh, into an a, an, a woman's engineering school, and he was
1: a coed a school.
0: Oh yes, it was a, uh, co-ed, a coed school, oh, yeah, so a co-ed school side, but he made the men. The, yeah. Yeah, and he made the men leave the classroom. Yes. So he could be alone with the women to attack. Yes. Um, yeah, certainly the incel vibe.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the well, form of the uh, incel attacker. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I guess like, because since the idea of incel is a new thing, you can almost look back at some of these stories through a different lens. And I, I never would have considered that with polytechnic. I would have just saw it as misogynistic. But there's a very fine line, it seems, between misogynistic well, and incel. Thing.
1: Like, are any of these attacks really motivated by incel ideology? My expert opinion is is no, not really. Um, is that these are people with a whole host of problems and coming across this content probably didn't help. But... Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's, it's creating killers. So I think someone who, who hates people and hates women and has a huge problem with women and doesn't have a girlfriend and has nothing to live for um, is, and, and would commit an attack like that is likely to be an incel. But it's not because of being one or calling themselves that that they are committing the attack
0: you mm-hmm. with we, we just talked about a lot of the darker moments and aspects of the incel community is there any positivity like have you ever found them you know trying to support each other in game plan like we're going to improve your ability to communicate and we're going to get you someone like does that happen too
1: yeah oh yeah it definitely does um you know and even though they have this rule about like no non-incels allowed on the site they 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 still maintain their connections with each other when one of them, quote unquote, ascends, which is their word for you know uh, ascending out of inceldom um, by it, having sex or <laughs> having a girlfriend or something. Very video. So
0: not, that's not frowned upon. Like if, if an incel, met, like as someone who identifies as incel, all of a sudden isn't coming around because they met a, a girl or whatever, people are okay with that. Uh,
1: well, they. They can't come around anymore to their official spaces because they're not in cell. But um, but people are happy for them, you know. Okay. I've tweeted. There's the occasional in cell that will ascend and will tweet about it, and I retweet it, and you see hundreds of comments supporting them. Some of them will say things like. Like, good luck. See you here next week, bro. Just kidding. haha. You know, stuff like that. Um, and they, okay. <laughs> they also have, you know, this idea of looks maxing and, and looks max forum. It's like a counterpart forum, which focuses on self-improvement, uh, you know, physically. Um, gym maxing is one of the ways. Uh, but, you know, actual self-improvement of oneself. While it's not really a big theme within their spaces uh, online because you know that's seen maybe as like victim blaming a little bit or like minimizing problems, um, individual incels, tons that have been on my show have given that kind of advice and have talked about how important it is to find meaning and purpose in your life not for the sake of ascending or finding a you know a, a girlfriend or something, but just to have it. Some of them refer to that as as the white pill. or being white pilled
0: as opposed to the, black pill. Was it red? Black pills like I'm um, rotten. I'm going to kill somebody. You Not know, like I'm going to kill that,
1: somebody. No, no, no. Um, okay. I I drew the short straw of the genetic and social lottery, and and this is why people you know, don't like me and don't respond well to me. And this is how women see me and nothing. There's nothing I can ever do to change that. That's the black. Okay. And sure.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll start wrapping it up. But before we, before we do, do you want to give any idea of what's, uh, what's coming next on your show and as well, let us know where to find your podcast.
1: Um. So my podcast is just called incel and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and I'm on Twitter, but no other
0: social media really. I've I've learned that. I was surprised by that. You have a like a big Facebook page, but you just don't use I it. I haven't
1: touched it in like
0: really. it's more like music themed anyway. I saw it and I was like, oh, she's on Facebook. And then I'm like, oh wait, this is old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just don't like Facebook. I, I have a personal Facebook page too, and I just don't. I don't use it. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, Twitter's enough. (laughs) I like Reddit too, but that's different. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for upcoming episodes, I I have some really good guests that are going to be on that, you know, might be more like journalists or kind of media commentators. Um, And I have, uh, I I will have an upcoming episode with an escort cell, which is an incel who, uh, avails of the services of sex workers,
0: but. Oh, e- uh, ex- explain that escort cell instead of incel. Does that mean they're an incel, but they have had sex a bunch with escorts? They
1: have sex. Yes, they have had, or or do have sex, but with escorts. And since it's not someone, you know, choosing them, then it doesn't make them not incel anymore, even though they're, they're not celibate anymore, but you know, they still meet huh. the criteria.
0: Okay, it, it's not necessarily ascending, but it's, it's not getting ascending. a bit of a lift.
1: No, no, some <laughs> of them look down on it a lot. Some of them say, oh, but there's no, you know, uh, there's there's no point in that. There's no even pleasure in that. Like, you know, the person doesn't actually like you. They're just pretending they to. So uh, it's not considered uh, ascending in any way. And some of them don't. Uh, some of them look down on it a lot, but um, it is a way, it's a cope they'd call it that.
0: That's that's a good yeah. way to put it. Um, I will, so you said you're having someone who is an escort cell in the future on the show. That will be uh, an interesting thing to hear. Yeah,
1: that's just one I have coming down the pipeline. I've got a lot of them, um, you know, sort of waiting to be edited and fired off.
0: I get exactly what you mean. Well, I uh, I appreciate you coming on and telling us about the strange world of incels. It's it's when I first learned about this community and what they believe, I couldn't help but like laugh and just kind of almost like find humor in like that's so bizarre. But the more you learn, it's it's not as it's not as rare as you think. Uh-huh. There's co- more people than you would think, but also it's like when you kind of in in talking to you and getting a a sense of like, what makes these people tick and what connects them together, it it like, it does make sense. Yeah, It's just, I never would have expected this to be an issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that that's kind of a a testament to the the time that we're living in and I guess how much pressure there is for everyone to kind of fit in, in with social media and all of that and how disconnected people are from each other
0: too. Yeah. And I should have mentioned this earlier, but you did bring up the idea that there's possibly even more incels now because of the pandemic. But just um, with the way the world is now, it would be very hard to meet people and date and people are spending more time online. Mm -hmm. So this is almost like the golden age for inceldom. Yeah, it's going to be it's. You're sitting at home with nothing to do except go on the internet.
1: Yeah, exactly. It really is true. And a lot of people are meeting online, you know, and that comes with, with its whole host of, of problems for a certain type of person.
0: I want to thank you for joining Nama and I for our discussion surrounding the world of incels. If you find this topic interesting, be sure to listen to my past series about Alec Manassian. He was the self-identified incel that was responsible for the Toronto van attack. As well, be sure to check out Nama's show, Incel, as she has done a much deeper dive into this topic than anyone else in the podcast space. And with that, I'll wrap up this episode of Nighttime, but before we part, I'm going to give thanks. First, a big thank you to Nama for sharing an evening with me and with the listeners of Nighttime. Next, a big shout out to Monty Data for contributing the music for this episode. And lastly, and but most importantly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime as without your interest and your support, the show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But having said that, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to keep things moving here, please listen on the premium feed. Not only does it make the show possible, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. For about the price of a cup of coffee, you can support the show at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. Having said that, let me thank the newest supporters of the show. The Starman, Michael Juba, David P., Ashby Caper, Colette D., Quinn A., Lisa C., and Ingrid. Thank you for going premium. In front of anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't subscribe to the premium feed, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing the episodes on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. As well, if you have any story ideas or if you want to get feedback on the show, you can reach me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact or on social media as I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm often live on the Nighttime Podcast YouTube channel. So until next time, take care of each other, Hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.